The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. We have signed Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler is now part of the UFC. You'd show up to a gym somewhere across the country. You're not sure who you're going to draw first round. You're not sure when you're going to wrestle. You're not sure what's going to go on. This is kind of embracing the uncertainty, and that's what I've done my entire career. Kevin just cracked him right back down. Oh, and there's a tap. Wow. I'm not sure what happened, Michael, but whatever it was, it ended quickly. I know I got some ways to go. I keep telling him I got some ways to go, and he has little slick things to say. So when I see him, I see him. Kevin Holland, ladies and gentlemen. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made for Adam. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are here uh, coming off the heels of a, a great, great fight for Uriah Hall. We have very shortly coming up, we have uh, Kevin Holland, who won an incredible uh, first round verbal submission, uh, a very, very scary moment um, in, in that fight for, uh, for Kevin over uh, Charlie uh, Ontiveros, where it, was, uh, it looked like he really got hurt, but I think he said he hurt something in his neck pop. And also uh, Michael Chandler, who's uh, in the UFC now, he's not fought in the UFC, great uh, Bellator lightweight champion, former champion. Eddie Alvarez for the belt, and um, I'm really looking forward to watching this guy fight in the UFC. I hope he has information on somebody who he may be uh, gunning for. What do you think, Matt? Well, I'm happy to talk to uh, Michael Chandler because yeah. I, I I know I know uh, Michael. He's he's he stopped by my school before. Oh, okay. He was training with Alan M, and and he's a nice, he's a really nice guy, really great guy. He's a dynamic fighter, and he's a fantastic fighter. I just I I'm ha- he's a great addition. You know, mm-hmm. because he, he can agree. I love there's some scrambles on his Instagram or where, where he gets into scrambles where guys are almost putting him down. And then he's like back flipping and single legging and going between their legs. And he's got some of the best scrambles yeah. I've, ever, I've ever seen. You know what I mean? I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. He's a, he's a great addition. But Kevin Holland, I just got done watching his fight again. Yeah. And uh <laughs> He's so, he's so, um, he's so comfortable in there. He is. You know, you know what I mean? And he, yeah. he's really a dangerous, dangerous fighter in a sense where he's got that, he, he's like a, he's one of those like triple threats where he's got the striking where he can, he can put your lights out. Like, look what he did to Joaquin uh, Buckley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, I mean, I know that he took that on short notice and whatnot. I'm just saying, other, I mean, listen, he's, he's a great striker. Um, his timing on his takedowns is, is, is very, um, it's unique. It's not like it doesn't, he's not like straight up shooting with doubles and singles. It's, 
he's striking and boom, he's getting in on some double underhooks and he's, he's creative. Yeah. And again, and obviously his jujitsu is phenomenal. Um, I couldn't get over when he was fighting. And, and the, I'll tell you, the, um, who, who did he just fight against? Uh, Charlie Antaveras. Charlie, right? Yeah. Uh, Charlie's hair was throwing me for a loop a little. Yeah, bit. it was I, definitely not, unique. They they had to look in Canada. That's like a Montreal look. This is um, sound like you know both of us, bald gentlemen. Oh, you know it looks like we're being haters because because of, of his frosted hair. Right. But we're not. we're not. I just thought it was very. It's not distracting, but it reminded me of like I'm not I'm not hating on him, but it, it reminded me of like a. It kept me. We I couldn't stop thinking of like a of an in-shape, like, sideshow Bob from, like, The Simpsons, like, the, the one who's, you see the hair? I don't, listen, I'm not a Simpsons guy. Yeah, I think that's what his name is. I gotta yeah. see. I gotta see a cartoon of that guy, because I think he has the hair like that. I felt bad for him. He was crying, coming in the ring. He was very emotional. I guess it's a big moment. He got the fight on very short notice, flew out, um, you know, tested, cut, Wait and was ready to go. Like he came really, really short notice. It was a dream come true for this guy, and he was emotional coming into the cage. Uh, and then you see him. Like, look, you're going to lose fights, but when you see him, I mean, look. Thank God it wasn't worse. Leaving on a stretcher is that what you say? Yeah, man. And having to verbally tap. Um, but I mean, look, your neck is. What was but, it? Well, I'm sorry to cut you off. But what was? What was it? What happened? It looks like he popped something. He felt like his neck popped, and the way he got slammed. I mean, I, I, Kevin might have a better insight into it. But I'm going to guess he just took a tremendous jolt to the neck, and it might not have been as bad as he thought. But I mean, he, he obviously felt something to uh, to verbally tap like that in in his first fight. I mean, I mean, it must have been very, very painful or scary. You know who's ready for us? Uh, the man who has a better explanation than I do. Let's ask him what he felt. Congratulations on that fight, bro. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Now, wait. Now, who were you originally slated to fight before they this guy, um, I'm not, this guy, Charlie, uh, took the fight? Uh, I think his name was like Mahmud or something like that. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, wait, wait. You didn't know who you were fighting? His name was, I think his name was Mahmud. I don't, I'm, send me the information. I was like, all right, said, we take whatever. You don't care. You don't care about the names? Not really. I mean, <laughs> just take it, you know? <laughs> Care more about how they fight. I see the style, and I'm like, all right, cool. That's just a, we'll take it. And this uh, this fight with Antiveros ended. I mean, did you know when you when you slam it? Obviously, he's okay, which is good news. It's always scary when it's the neck because you know that could be a, a, a really bad situation. Um, did you know what it was when it happened? Uh, did you hear him? What was what happened? Uh, what was what were you thinking when this happened? Yeah. So when it happened, he was like, you know, when I slammed him. He was like, my neck, my neck, my neck, my neck. So, there's nothing wrong with the guy. You know, the guy's fine. He's up taking selfies after the fight. Let, let me ask you something, Kevin. As, as a, a guy that used to fight, I'm, I was very, like, anal about, like, peaking at the right time for a fight. I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, man, I'm getting my camp here. Hard sparring's here. I should be getting feeling a little shitty here, but then I come back and I feel great the week of the fight. And, but when you're fighting, like, four times in how, how long was that? Since May. Since you're fighting, like, almost every other weekend, what's your mindset as far as not you're not peaking. You're just in shape to fight all the time, and you're mentally there all the time. Explain it to me, because I want to know. Because I didn't have that. I'm the kung fu man. My self defense is always ready. That's what it is. My self defense is always ready. I would love to see some of your earlier fights and see how you were. How at home were you early on? Because you're very as, as far as in in the fight itself. Like, because you're very you're very at home in there. You're not 
if there's been, if there's nerves, you're not showing it. You have the presence of mind during a fight when somebody goes, ooh, when, when the champion, Israel Adesanya, I believe, went, oh, after a strike, and you were like waving to him like, ah, that was nothing, like, or something like that. That's yeah. a certain type of yeah. individual. These guys that are scared to death going in there, and it looks like you're just having a party. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a cage party. You know what I mean? It was a cage party on Halloween. That's why I signed up for it. It was, it was a good time. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I was comfortable back in the day. I'm comfortable now. I'm more and more comfortable in the, the UFC octagon now that uh, I've been in there a lot more. You know, um, nothing like getting used to your job, right? Every office is different. It was a different office. Now that I'm used to the office, I'm loving it even more. You know, um, I've always been pretty comfortable fighting. You know, it's probably just as comfortable fighting as I am sleeping, you know, or playing a video game. Other than that, everything else is pretty much like a little bit hard. There's no rule books or there's nothing set way on how to do it, but fighting. Well, weren't you, it was fun to watch you and Joaquin Buckley. Like, weren't you like encouraging him or kind of coaching him, telling him like things will be better. And like, you know, you, yeah. you were, you were, you were saying things that would really bother me as an opponent. If I were, yeah. if I were. He's, he's Mijo. I call him Mijo. He messages me every once in a while, has little things to say, trying to be slick. I call him Mijo. You know, I, I feel like I taught my son a lot. He's, you know, my son gets mad when I call that guy's son, but Mijo, that's what I call him. I call him Mijo. <laughs> Proud of so, Mijo. What do you think of the uh, the division now? Because that now Dana is saying that Adesanya is going to fight Blahovich uh, up, up at light heavyweight. Um, which there's a lot of middleweights I'd rather see him uh, fight. Honestly, the Whitaker rematch and a few other ones. But as you're working your way up, I mean, what what do you think is next for you? And and what do you think uh, happens for the next six months if he's off getting ready for uh, Jan Blahovich? I think if he's off for the next six months, he has what I think eight or nine fight win at uh, in the UFC. At middleweight, right? So that means he's on the longest win streak at middleweight um, in the UFC. So the last guy was going to fight before the, this guy replaced him had a 13-fight win streak. So that would have been fun. Uh, man, I think I go fight in November. I think I go fight in December. I think I go try and fight, you know, somewhere in January, somewhere in February. And then by the time March comes around, I'm pretty much up there with his win streak. And, uh, you know, the little laughing and the little jokes that he does and the little mind games that he plays, you know. We'll, we'll figure out how they, how they work out. You want to chew up a little bit of ground and get, get kind of build up a little bit while he's getting ready for this fight. You want to, you know, in the rankings, move up a little bit. Just stay on a run. Just stay on yeah. a run. If he's going somewhere else to take care of business, then, you know, let me scratch the people that, you know, that he doesn't feel like scratching right now. Look, if he doesn't want to do a Robert Whitaker rematch, then I will just work my ass off until March. And I'll do it for him. Simple. What exactly happened, right? I mean, for the people that don't know, right after your victory, you had some words with, with the champ, with uh, Israel Adesanya. And, I, you know, I, I, I heard the end of it, but they, they didn't have the cameras on you the whole time. What was that, was that, a, what was that about? You know, something happened in L.A. You know, I had already did that story, you know, but, uh, you know, it was just, that's not it. You know, I'm not the guy you can play with. Uh, in the cage, you know, I, when the dude landed the head kick, little anime, you know, the, Whoa! I was like, all right. So I just called him boy. You know, I just kept calling him boy. You know, I just let him know, you know, why are you? You know, I walked up to you at the hotel lobby. You shake your, you put your hand out. You're like, hey, Mr. Holland, I'm not even top 20, not top five, not top 15. I'm not ranked. Why do you know who I am? Why are you worried about who I am? You know, and it's like, so for you to put your hand out, shake me as I'm walking you down like that, and then say I didn't do anything at the hotel lobby, cool. You know, it's just, it's a little bit, it's little things playing here and there. And I know Stalbender likes the mind games, and that's perfectly fine. I'm just not the one to play with. Do you see yourself getting a ranked opponent next? I mean, uh, I mean, it's obviously four fights in the last few months. Yeah, I'll take a ranked opponent because that's what it takes to get to the guys that I want to smack. You know, it's like, it's like, 
the guys I want to smack are good fighters. So I got to go smack other good fighters to get to these good fighters. And then I'll smack them, you know. This ain't the 70s. You can't run around shooting people, you know. So you got to beat them up. So That's right. Who, now, who do you realistically see? I mean, obviously, Whitaker would be a great one, of course. But, but realistically, who do that's you see? That's down the, the line. That's, sure. That's down the line. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't want you guys to ever think I'm talking about tomorrow. You know what right. I mean? If it was tomorrow, it's whoever the company wants me to fight tomorrow. Every time I go out, it's whoever the company wants me to fight. I'm down. I'm not, I'm not picking names. But whoever the way thing, whoever they want. The way things go in the UFC, right? I mean, he's already fought. Uh, he's fought Whitaker. He's fought Costa. I mean, there probably will be a rematch down the road. Um, you know, a, a Cannoneer, I mean, maybe, but he lost. So I don't see Cannoneer being up next. Um, what about, uh, what do you think of Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall versus uh, Anderson Silva? Did, did you watch that fight? Yeah, I watched it. We were, in the, we were in the limo about to go get a steak, and I watched it. Yeah. What, what thoughts on that? I've always thought Uriah is a, is a phenomenal uh, striker when he wants to be. He can counter strike. He can offensive strike. He can do whatever he wants to do when it comes to striking, when he wants to. And uh, when he does land that money shot, we've all seen time and time again. Yeah. A lot of people can't take that money shot. You know, a lot of people can't take that money shot. Yeah. And I got, I got respect for Uriah because he's over there with safe. And, you know, it's like I fought those guys a lot on local level. So I got a lot of respect for those guys. You know, and you're right. It's funny you say when he wants to, because I was watching it. We love Uriah. And, and I was watching and I'm like, you, you got to be careful with Anderson Silva. Obviously, he's Anderson Silva. But I, yes. I felt like he was being more cautious than he needed to be. And I'm like, is he just being overly respectful or is it a little harder for him to pull the trigger? Or, is, or has, has he put too much awe in Anderson Silva? Or he is, did he not want to hurt him immediately? I couldn't tell what Uriah was thinking. I would love to ask him what he was feeling at that moment. I think, I think I, I think if you ask him, I think he'd probably say a combination, a little bit of everything, you know, a uh, combination of everything. It is, it is Anderson Silva. You have to, you do have to protect yourself. You know, I think at the end of the day, that, that is a guy who's done a lot of things in the division, a lot of things in the sport. So you are at all. And then uh, on top of that, you know, you probably do beef yourself up before you go fight that man. Like, look who I'm fighting, you know? So uh, it's, it's a tough situation. Anytime you go out there and fight somebody that you've always looked at on TV or you always looked up to, it's a tough situation. You know, yeah, I thought I thought Dana was kind of brutal on him, to be honest. On who? I thought Dana, you know, I love Dana and Dana's honest as shit. And he's, he was kind of, you know, he's calling him the most gun shy fighter and whatnot. I'm not talking about prior fights, but I'm talking about this last fight with Anderson Silva. He, he actually gave a stat of how many punches he threw in a certain round, maybe the third round. or I forget, but it wasn't a lot. You know who did throw a lot of punches versus him? Forrest Griffin. How the fuck did that turn out? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not being an asshole. I was there live for that shit, Holland. Yeah, I was there I live did. for that one too. Yeah. Oh shit! You know where was that? Chicago? Where was Philadelphia? That? I think it's not the same. It's not the same silver though. It, listen, I understand that was a decade ago. Yeah. I understand that, but you're dealing with a guy that you you know you've seen him arguably be one of the you know slip or make you miss and you know counter striker best maybe the best counter striker ever. But make he's a, who does the, who does the rope dope like him up against a cage. Yeah, Stephen Bonner. No, nobody, nobody. But I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of, look, I, I, I do think Anderson Silva's a phenomenal fighter. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, he beat my coach, so I'm not going to just give him too much awe and too much praise, you know. And at the end of the day, Chris Wyman did knock him out with a back fist, pretty much. Yeah. You know, so it's like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, he has phenomenal defense. He's a phenomenal fighter. He has I, what I call the dragon's eye. He has the dragon's eye, and he has the dragon's eye probably better than anybody who's ever graced the octagon, and uh, that's phenomenal. But you still got to go out there and fight the fight. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and fight the fight. He's a phenomenal counter striker. 
but he's not the best boxer on the road. Weidman seems like the one guy who's fought Anderson, who he obviously respected him, but he, he seemed like he was the only guy that walked in there and goes, I'm going to fucking kick the shit out of this guy. Like yeah. everyone else has such a love for him. And I think that can be, it's understandable, but it's hard. And I think Uriah was just, I literally think, because he gets very in his head that he literally loves this guy and it was hard for him to, because I think he knows he's going to really hurt him. And I think for Uriah, there was a little bit of, I, I don't want to hurt him. Like, I, and I, and I, was, I also felt that way when Cormier fought him. And people told me I was wrong and everyone tells me I'm crazy. But I thought Cormier wasn't as hard as he could have been out of love for this guy. I agree. I agree. You bring up your coach, uh, Travis Luter, great um, jiu-jitsu black belt, who was in the house with me on season uh, four fighting for the title, fighting Anderson Silver. He had, listen, Jimmy, if you haven't seen that fight, fucking laces out. It's one of those, this close, he mounted him. Yeah. You know, he, I feel, because when I see that, there's not a lot that reminds me of, with, that, of you and Travis as a fighter. But positionally, I'll tell you right now, Charlie was squirming all over the place. You were controlling like a mofo. You know how to, like, your positional training, that reminds me of Travis Luter. That's what I'm Thank like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because Travis is a beast of control. He gets side control, he gets mount. He's improving his position. He's in the guard, he's passing the half, he's passing the side, he's mounting, he's taking the back. Yeah, remember when I fought Diago Santos? When you fought Diago Santos. Yeah, 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 when I fought Diago Santos. You lost that decision? When I, got on top, when I got on top and I had side control on that one too, you know, the round ended there as well. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you turn underneath Travis Luter, you learn how to side control people. Yeah, yeah, no, he's got great pressure. So I wanted to, Definitely give him some uh, some some shine for that. The dude's an elephant. He's an elephant when he's on top of you. He probably still is. He's still rolling, huh? He's still rolling. I stay. You know, is I can tap pretty much anybody that I train with consistently. Yeah. I can tap them out consistently. Suffer Travis, dude. It's like I'm a computer. I can download some data on people, and I can you know start pulling off some pretty cool things. Travis, though, and he's methodical. He'll get a position and just ah, it's great. I love that old school tightness. It's, it's rough. It's real life chess. It's real life chess. It's, it's, it's fun. Here's what I want to see as a, again, as, as guys who love, loves uh, matchups, I want to see, uh, now I don't know if Marvin Vittori has anybody lined up. I'm going also with personality. I would love to see you in Vittori or um, Brunson, I think also, and that's a little higher up in the rankings for you, is a fight I would love to see uh, 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 you against uh, Derek Brunson. But Marvin Vittori, I would really enjoy seeing. That would, that would be phenomenal. Two fights I want for personal reasons, so I like it. Oh, Marvin? You're not a big fan of Marvin? Yeah, Marvin. Marvin, Me and Marvin had a nice conversation in Florida, and then he went upstairs and made a tweet about me. I mean, made an Instagram post and a tweet about me. And things like that just don't sit right with me. Don't have a man-to-man conversation and then go upstairs and do some weird stuff like that. That's not manly. Making like, making like you're playing nice or something? What, that kind of thing? I'm always playing nice. I'm yeah. always playing nice. Until you, until you put me in a position where I don't need to play nice no more, I'm always playing nice. I'm always going to be respectful. Look. I don't want to get kicked out of the business because I'm some hoodlum going crazy. I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you get to exercise your demons every other week right now, the way you're fighting. So this will keep you sane. I love it. I love it, Jimmy. <laughs> exactly. How about this? Now, this is, okay, uh, Darren Till, Kevin Holland. That fight is, is a, another great fight that I would like to see, Darren Till. And, you know, Till's number six. So, uh, but you're a big enough name now where people love watching you fight. That's what happens sometimes. A guy comes up and isn't, isn't as highly ranked, but it's still considered a, a big fight for a guy. What did Till say? What did Till say? He said numbers don't matter. And he said rankings don't matter in this game no more. You know? But my name ain't that big. So 
It's good. We'll keep man. working. We'll keep working. We'll keep working. Whoever they want me to fight. Like I always say, whoever they want me to fight, I'm there. And then, you know, people always say, hey, you're, you're not fighting this guy. You're not fighting that guy. Look, I show up on two weeks notice to fight somebody. And then within a week of that, they decide they don't want to fight no more. And then I got to fight somebody else. Whether they're passing out, you know, right before the fight, whether they're catching COVID, whether they're catching cramps, you know, whether they're, uh, they're tearing their vag- vaginal muscles. I don't know. You know what I mean? But things are happening. And then I'm always getting last second fights. And I'm down for it. I like it. I'm always ready to scrap. Obviously. Yeah. I, listen. I would love the I like the the Marvin Vittori fight. Yeah. I like all these fights. Listen, you're a very entertaining guy. More fights of Kevin Holland the better, Trailblazer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Jimmy, I'm not alone in this. No, you're not. And, and you're entertaining even again. And we just because Dana, when you're saying that he kind of might have been harsh on Uriah, Dana's looking at it from a different point of view too. Like Dana's coming out of like all right, for, for guys who are not UFC fans that are watching this, what are they watching? A guy not throwing, you know, he's he's Dana's looking at like what's happening for the business. So he, he may look at a guy like you who is very entertaining and you're such a good talker in the cage and it's, and you fight well. So you might get a, a jumped up faster than you think. At least I would hope you do. I'm babbling by the way. I drank a lot of coffee. However, I'm just psyched to see whoever you're fighting next. Man, I'm psyched to find out who I fight next too. Uh, but I'm down for whatever, man. Like I say, man, whatever the company wants me to do, I'm down for it. People always say, oh man, you're a yes boy. Well, this yes boy is getting paid and I enjoy it. So hey. wherever you want me to fight, let me know. Besides fighting, for the people at home, what, what hobbies do you like to do? Whether it's reading, video games like myself. Or like, <laughs> I love it's, it's video games like yourself. I still haven't got the virtual like you told me to get the virtual. Listen, I, I'm actually. I want to tell you something. That door, that door is closed. I'm working on some stuff for Christmas. We got a really big Christmas. We fought so much this year. We have a great Christmas. Oculus Quest 2. The, the Oculus Quest 2, Kevin. I'm, I want to scream right now, but I'm going to wake up. They're doing this school. <laughs> Jimmy's looking out the window. I'm telling you right now, you can get it. I went to Best Buy. I got that thing right out of the box. You don't need a PC. You just sign on through Facebook or something so they know all your fucking life story. And I don't know what they do with that privacy shit. But it is so fucking awesome, dude. It's right out of, it's almost like Ready Player One. Trust the goggles and the controllers. Jimmy, bear with me for two seconds. He wants with to- you, man. I want you to be happy. I like <laughs> his kids. He wants to know about this with his kids. It, uh, listen to me. So good. So good. It ch- I had the Vive. I have the Vive Pro. I haven't played Jimmy. I haven't played that standout battle royale game that I'm ranked in. I haven't played that since I got the. Uh, yeah, very like highly number ranked. Two, number three, or something like that. Yep, I was up to yep. number four in the world. Uh, I, was yep. number, I didn't want to brag. Yeah, <laughs> this is so. Yep. Listen, is this normal for a guy approaching fifty? <laughs> yes. Hey, I hope I still am when I'm approaching. I hope I'm still trying to play my game. Holy you know? shit! Listen, Look, Kevin. when I can't fight no more, I can still play video games, and that's what listen. I hope for. Yeah. So much fun, but I just wanted to give that a plug. All right, anything else you want to pull? You want to plug anything, Kevin? Man, you know, ah, you know. <laughs> Where's ah. Travis Luda's school? Look, Where's that look school? I couldn't do something for a whole week because we were at the fight. Week and a half. I'm back. I can do it again. Look, I, I'm feeling good. So you're ready before the end of the year if they want you. If they want you for twice. December. I mean, you twice, you, twice if I... <laughs> Right. Took no damage in this last fight. No damage whatsoever. So, yeah. I got kicked in the head. I, I got kicked hard enough for Starbender to laugh at me. All right. So, you might have taken a little damage. All right. You know what? Let me let me correct that. I, I wasn't kicked in the head, so I can't say no damage. But you seem like you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. If my buddy wasn't getting married this weekend, I'll take it this weekend. If I wasn't a part of, uh, you know, speaking at Jim Ross's mayor campaign on uh, the 12th for Arlington, Texas, then I would be ready on the 12th. But after that, 
down the scratch. I'll tell you, I don't remember. Did you take any damage in these last four fights? I mean, what was the worst that happened to you? Did you get cut? Yeah, uh, Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart. Hats off to Darren Stewart. You know what I mean? Gave me the toughest fight so far. So he made me sit down for a few weeks. But uh, right when I got off that stool, I was really, I was good to go again. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, man, stay, hey, listen, as long as you want to stay busy. Yeah. We love to watch you, buddy. Travis texted me this morning and said, two, two more times this year would be nice, Kevin. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Travis is great. You know. Tell Travis I said hello for sure. For sure. Excellent, man. For sure. Right, for take sure. care, Kevin. Good talking to you. Hey, congrats again. Hey, thank yeah. you guys. I appreciate you guys, man. You guys have a good one. Enjoy your week. Take care. The hits literally keep on coming. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. This weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than DraftKings, an official partner of the UFC. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at $1,000 in total prizes. Now, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA, it's easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion since 2012. That's $7 billion. So they know a thing or two about a big payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes for this weekend's contest. That's promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Always entertaining, Jimmy. I mean, he's yeah, he really is. Guys, I was thinking of um, Sean uh, Sean O'Malley. Oh, Sean O'Malley. But I'm saying he's a guy, an example of uh, a guy who's he's like 11 and 0, looks great, and is getting a bigger name because of the way he fights. He's he's moving up because of before he's even ranked, he's already a name fight. You know what I mean? And and I think that's um, that's kind of what's going to happen with Kevin. Uh, Kevin Holland. He's he, dude, he's threatening. He he's just uh he he gets he looks great. I, he's such an entertaining fighter, and to have like I said to have that presence of mind during the fight to uh to make a reference outside like ah uh-uh, nothing there. When guys usually say nothing hurt me or something, it usually hurts them. That wasn't the case in this case. Yeah, this was he knew who said it. Yep, he, he heard it and he was had the presence of the mind to be like ah uh-uh, I don't think so. Don't get excited. That's basically what he was. <laughs> well, that is awesome. When I was fighting Carol Parisian back in the day, and I, was, I got tired in that fight, and I don't normally get that tired. And I got tired pretty, like after, by the end of the first round, I was pretty tired, that one. You know, because I almost laid him out, the adrenaline went up, I, I shot, tried to finish him, it didn't work. But I remember during it, Longo, at one point, maybe the second round or something, Ray Longo's yelling, he's getting tired or something. And Carol fucking, 
Carol like flipped them off. Like he gave him like he put his hand down, like flipped them off. And I remember just being like, yeah, I'm in for a fucking long knife. You know what I mean? That guy's a problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I go, I'm getting tired. And this motherfucker's got the presence of mind to flip off my coach. Fucking, I, I, I wish I had more juice. I could just attack him even harder right now. That motherfucker. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So I know. So listen, thank God I had some escape. So I didn't have to say uncle to that guy. By the way, like, we should maybe just touch on our picks real quick. Um, so cool. You think you did good? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember who I picked. I mean, this, a part of me tells me I did a masterful job this week. I, I don't remember. You're acting very cocky. No. All right, let's, let's go over them. Sure. We both got Bobby Green wrong. Bobby Green, this is the thing. I, he, I felt he felt, kind of, it's kind of like we were talking about with Kevin Holland, where he's kind of relaxed in there and it's not bothering him. But the difference was he wasn't doing enough to win the round. So this other guy might not even look nearly as comfortable as Bobby. Might not have really been hurting Bobby, but didn't, um, but didn't lay off him. He kept right. the course. And Bobby kind of was going, not, I'm not going to say go through the motions, but didn't really get a great rhythm of, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, he, he didn't find his home for things. You know, he wasn't landing cleanly. And, and, that, and then when he was getting hit, he was, I don't know, the counters were off. He was, he was a little, just a little off, you know? But I mean, that's not to say that uh, Thiago, uh, wasn't on on the ball, you know. So all right, so we both picked him wrong, but good job to Diago because he was uh he was game and he kept the course, man. He kept the course. He kept it on him. The Greg Hardy one, we were both hundred percent on. Um, you Wait, know, we're pretty much the same with almost everything here. Well, what did we get wrong? Well, what what did you say for Greg Hardy? Oh, now Maurice Green. I said it was going to be round one TKO. Oh, was it? What was it? The second round? Oh yeah. Mm. So you got one round. So wait, that's your big aha? Is that you got one round difference? <laughs> well, maybe. It's not that funny. Why am I laughing? All right, listen. We both got Bryce Mitchell correct. Amazing, correct. great fight. Now, listen, man. Holy shit. And I and Andre Feely, man, was the toughest fight to date for him as far yeah with experience and and just skill and whatnot. He's he's up there. And Feely was game. But man, Bryce's timing on his takedown yeah. and, it, and and he can stand. It's not like he's dead. He's never desperate for it. He's got a. I'm telling you, I how do you not how do you not really like Bryce Mitchell? Yeah, man? he is fun to watch. He's a fun guy to watch. Hats off the feely. He came to fight. Yeah, really. I enjoyed that fight. I really did. You know, um, and I and I'm a big fan. I like both guys, but I mean Bryce Mitchell. Hats off. What a what a what Amazing. a great kid. I great, can't wait for him. And again, we talked about Uriah Hall versus sure. yeah, and fourth uh, round TKO. I think it's hard he, to pick that one accurately. Yeah, but he did. And I mean, you, you took the third round TKO, which is a cute right, guess. So, listen, so you, my little Notre Dame, you. I'm so listen to me. I go the other way. I'm not a hater. I'm proud of you. Thank you me. got two of them on the butt. That's right. Beep. You did good, Jimmy. Three of them because Bryce Mitchell I got on the button too. Well, I think not. Not that I think you were kind of copy me with that but no. you might pick that anyway i think no. i said it first i'm gonna no. go and re-listen but i'm not hating on you. all right but i would have i gotta be honest with you ryan hall i would i can't wait to talk to him again because i'm watching i even texted you i said what the fuck is he doing because again silver's dangerous i'm not saying just running there recklessly but you know we've watched uriah hall fight enough and you know what a striker he is and you're watching going he's being too cautious because we're into the second round already like, it, but why, why are people giving Israel, Israel Asanya shit for going the distance with him? Who? You. 
Dana, I'm not even giving Uriah shit. I'm only saying. No, no, not giving him shit. But why aren't we saying? Why didn't you finish him? I'm not saying that either. But I'm saying I, I'm saying about like even Dana. Why didn't Israel finish? What I'm saying, the difference between because the Adesanya Anderson fight was not great. It was a little slow, but I was watching it and I remember thinking with Uriah, I'm just like he's not pulling the trigger, and there's a reason for it. I remember the Adesanya fight. They were both just kind of doing the same thing. I didn't like it as a fight as much as other fights. But with Uriah, I'm like, because we know Uriah, and he's very honest about thinking about things too much sometimes. And I'm like, he's thinking about not just getting hurt, but I, I think, is he afraid of really hurting Anderson or embarrassing him? Or is he too much in awe of him? Well, listen, um, Jimmy, this time you seem like when Anderson broke onto the scene with Chris Liebman where he has an like, insane offense. Amazing. Elbows, knees, Anderson Silva. Yeah. We know that. Sure. There's other times. More often than, I mean, even Frank, Rich Franklin, too, he went after. But then there's other times when you see Anderson. Just that they, 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 they look like the Matrix versus Forrest Griffin. Griffin. Now, yeah. I know, I know that was a long time ago. I know he's 45 years old. But this doesn't mean he wasn't out of that fight. He was still in there throwing. And it's it. So it's like you have Absolutely. that. Where you've seen something done how many times? Uh, by somebody, you know they possess that. Even sure. if it's lower, they have that ability to roll with something, come back, and so I think that will keep you hesitant enough. But at the end of the end of the day, in a five round fight, he got it done in four. Yes, yeah. I mean the guy is older. Did you? What you want it done in two? He didn't throw enough in one round. I understand. It didn't go though. He not, he finished him. He finished him. Amazing. So, yeah. I, I it's kind of I don't know. I don't. Know. I I think that he got the job done. So. He absolutely did. But just watching it, and it's not even critical of the performance. It was like, he, because he said that he has these thoughts in the cage, and I'm like, what? Is, he's not, there's a reason he's not doing this. And is he maybe in awe of him a little more than he needs to be? Or doubting himself? I was talking to Ray Longo about it. And Longo even said this. He goes, look, those were tears. Those were real tears at the end. 100%. You know, he felt he beat up a guy. He had the, you know, he watched the right. 45-year-old man. He, he respects his oldest type of thing. He's a nice guy, you're all. Right, so yes. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm saying. I think there is that thing in there where he, he there, was, there was a moment where it was, because he, remember when he talked one time to us about, and he got into his head, he was afraid to hurt people. Like it was in his head. Um, yeah. Because Uriah himself has said that. And I'm like, he's, he's really into the martial arts aspect yeah. of it. And he's, he's a really nice guy. And I'm like, is he really just scared of, hurting Anderson or is that is that in his head a little bit I don't know I'll ask him when we talk he may go no hey man, he may say I, no. Was, I was always afraid of hurting you are fuck no I'll punch I you in the face so. right. I'll smack you <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy I love you <laughs> let's talk to Michael Chandler Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Consumer Access. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. <laughs> 
Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. I've never met Mike. But there's, oh, I know he's a nice guy. He's my height. Is he? Yes. That's well, he's a lightweight. Well, you boy. What's up? <laughs> hey, What's Michael. Up, Michael? What's up, boys? How are we? How Good. you doing? How are you? Long time no see. Good to see you again. I know, man. Last time I saw you, I was at your place in Huntington. I know. When it was, was that? choked out. <laughs> you, no, you, I think you were on a, yeah, Tuesday night, having a good time. How long ago was that? I feel like it was a while ago. It was years ago, man. Um, I, for, I forget, but I was out there for a couple weeks training with uh, Ray Janelle. <laughs> and I was just going through, the, going through the, uh, the circuit of all the crazy workouts y'all do out there. So it was good. Oh, it was great to see you, man. And ever since, I've been following you on Instagram. Thank, congrats on all your success. Yeah. I am so happy that you're over here now. With You're over here now. It sounds yeah. like, but you're with the UFC where now I can actually talk about your fucking fights. It's, it's, <laughs> know, right? it's at my school, my friends. Uh, you know what I mean? I at, at the okay. academy. It's been, a, it's been a long time coming, man. And I know it's, uh, and, I, and that's what I was saying. It's not like I didn't fight in the UFC because I didn't want to. It just never really worked out that way. And it worked out at the perfect time now. So let's, let's do it, baby. Your first premise fight, and there's so many great fights. That first premise fight where you had that injury uh, to your, I think it was your ankle or your foot, um, really as impressive as the win, even though you lost in the first, just watching you on that foot try to stand and try to not be visibly injured just to draw him in um, was really impressive and amazing. And then you finally get up against the cage, and then it was such a weird move. The referee stops that. Were you shocked that he stopped that fight? Did you think he was calling it off, or did you know what he was doing? Man, it was unfortunate because I think the rule is once the once the fight gets stopped by a referee, it's it's over. But it was it was it was as if there for a moment people were thinking, okay, the the, the doctors stopped the fight, but are they going to be able to continue? And I think there was numerous people who thought, okay, he's not, you know, it's not broken. We can move forward. And at that point, the, the referee had stopped the fight. But I was pleading with him and I was looking at him as I, in his eyes and flooring with him. I'm telling you right now. It's not broken. I was just getting a beat on him. I'm going to knock him out on one foot. I'm going to karate kid him. I wish I would have went the crane. If I would have went the crane stance with one leg up, you know, like, and they would have caught some some photos of of that, man. Um, But, you know, it's one of those deals where it happened the way it happened. And it was, you know, I think uh, I gained some newfound respect uh, around the industry because people, you know, saw me continuing to fight. And I really would have chopped the leg off, like chopped the leg off and let's keep going. I wanted to keep going. So There's certain guys that don't have that. That uh, that 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 breaking point. You have to literally shut their lights out. You're one of those guys, Michael. That's a uh, that's something you can't fake. Right? Have you? You obviously have you seen? You were the alternate. Uh, the fight between Habib and, and and Justin. Yep. Yep. Your thoughts on that? You know, I think uh, I think it was very much different than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to see. You know, Khabib Khabib doesn't have the greatest striking in the world but he is he's you know he's durable he has proven himself to be tough he has he's proven himself to be hands down the most dominant control grappler in the on the entire planet best in the entire world possibly the best in the history of mixed martial arts so i i thought for sure don't go out there and get into a firefight with justin gaethje nobody wants to get in a firefight with justin gaethje because you see people get into a firefight with justin gaethje and then there's that point where justin gaethje takes a ton of damage but then he starts to overcome his opponent because the opponent whether it's adrenaline dump, 
whether it's just not being conditioned for that type of firefight. You know, Justin Gaethje usually come, comes on and, and takes guys out in those later rounds. So we saw Khabib Nurmagomedov, a consummate grappler, the best grappler in the division, the best grappler in, in the UFC, coming forward, plotting forward, throwing striking attacks, even when, when, when Justin Gaethje was getting up against the, the black octagon um, line around the octagon where, where most guys, you know, that danger zone, he still wasn't taking shots. He was still throwing punches. He was still running at Justin Gaethje with reckless abandon. And I think it threw Justin Gaethje so far off um, that he kind of got into, kind of got into fight or flight mode. And, and we saw him, you know, kind of look like a deer in headlights when he, he did get taken down with 40 seconds left in that, that first round. And then second round, we saw the same exact thing. Khabib plotting forward, trudging forward, coming at him, getting into another firefight, took him down, got on top, and Justin Gaethje looked like he had never grappled before ever. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I think we've all been there. You know, Matt, you've been there. When you get into a, a spot in a fight where you're like, you're not quite reacting the way that you trained because you're just, you know, the, the, the circumstances overcome your, your ability to, to navigate and negotiate these different positions. And he looked like amazing out there and went out there and caught him with that triangle and it was over. I thought that same thing when Alvarez fought Connor in the guard that was at that fight and watching that, because Eddie was such a ferocious fighter. And I'm like, in his face, it seemed like the moment was bigger than he expected it to be. And it, it might've caught him a little bit. Cause he's, I think Eddie's a much better fighter than he was in that fight. Yeah. And, and I think that was the, uh, you know, that was kind of the, the, the interesting aspect of it too. As soon as the fight was over, I, my first thought was, man, cause I will tell you guys this, I have a ton of respect for Khabib, but I, I thought Gaethje might've had his night that night. I thought it might've been the, the, the one time where Khabib, we might've saw Khabib really his chin, chin get tested. And Justin Gaethje shocked the world. I really had that feeling. So then my first thought was I was a little bit let down. Not that I wanted Khabib to lose, but I also just, I just thought there was going to be, as a fan, I took my, you know, took my competitor hat off, put the fan hat on and said, man, I thought we were going to see a more competitive fight between Justin Gaethje and him. And I thought we were going to see a better performance out of Gaethje. Once again, this is also armchair quarterback, Monday morning quarterback saying, hey, I've not stopped and stepped into the cage with the, you know, the, the man that is Khabib. Um, so it was an interesting feeling. It was an interesting, it was an interesting night to say the least. So, but to be there cage side and watch it as my first UFC event as a UFC fighter, it was a, it was a night that I'm not going to forget anytime soon. You know, I was expecting more scrambles. Like when I watch uh, from his wrestling background, and you weren't alone in that thought thinking that this might be Justin's fight because yeah. of his wrestling a background, and even the lead up, you're hearing oh folk style versus Dagestan or freestyle. Yeah. You know, Habib's wrestling and it's making you amped up. Like, could he not only take him down, but keep him down? And then, I, I you know, what really stands out with, with you, in my mind, and I love this. I was telling Jimmy earlier, I love it on your Instagram. I see a lot of it is your scrambles in, in some of your practices. And fights also, of course. But in the, these scrambles, man, you think you got your ass down and you're doing caught. We, I love it. It's so much fun. I watch it a lot. I'm telling you, Jimmy, you got to look at his Instagram. Yeah. They're all over. And you go with bigger guys, they got you down. And because I got little legs too. So it reminds me of yeah. like when I was a little younger. So you're just always getting up and put your, you look like they, they're going to complete the takedown. And then you're doing some funky shit. You're ending up on their back and all over. It's so cool. But I was expecting more scramble, that type of scrambles for Justin to make that. And I was kind of shocked when he was on his back, how he, he looked, he wasn't react, no matter how tired you are. 
he just wasn't reacting the right way off his back at all. And it's like, and it's like you're saying to your point, it's almost, you know, you know, like we were talking about Eddie Alvarez just a second ago against Connor. There, there's these moments that, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's the circumstance or maybe it's just meant to be. That's how the fight was going to be. Or maybe, you know, you can't take anything away from Khabib being the dominant man that he yeah. is also putting, also putting Gaethje into that position. But also, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you're, I'm with you. I looked at it and I thought, Justin's better than that. You know, I know we haven't seen, we haven't seen Justin do a lot of grappling in the fight, but I, I was in the same weight class as him, the same NCAA Division One wrestling bracket in 2009. Um, and I, watched his, his wrestling matches. The dude was, he wasn't easy to take down. He continued to wrestle. And that, I think that's what wrestlers do. That's what we call a chain wrestling, you know, and, and some of the best um, mixed martial artists and even jujitsu jiu players are guys who started out as wrestling because we're always thinking about the next move and we're always thinking about, okay, if I need to pick this guy up and put him down seven times to make him quit and make him settle into this position that I'm trying to get him in, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to continue in that course of action until I either get into dominant position, um, I win the position, or he just gets so dead tired that we can transition to a new position, you know, and that's, that's kind of my mindset when it comes to wrestling. That's why I always, you know, usually when I do these, these wrestling posts, it's, it's, I always just say a simple two, two letter sentence, keep wrestling, period. That's it. You just keep wrestling until we get to a position that my will has been imposed or you are so dead tired and I've made you second guess yourself so much that you say, okay, forget it. I'll start playing off my back or I'll figure it out. I'll just play off the turtle um, so I can get to a dominant position, then do damage and then look for submission after that. But um, I think it'd be, a, it'd be an honor to step in the cage with Khabib, see if I can be the guy who could stop him. Uh, it remains to be seen. 29 have said they were going to, 29 have failed. So I'm not going to sit here and say it'd be an easy, an easy day at the park. And, and, and he's a living legend, man. But We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Realistically, what do you think it would be a starting place for you? Because um, Habib is probably going to take some time off. I'm guessing, especially after how emotional he was, and if he even fights again, what do you think is a place that you'll start, um, or a level that you start at? Because you're coming in as such a you know a highly rated fighter. So you know, it's like like Ben Askren did, or or like Justin even came in as a very respected yeah. guy. So where do you think you would start realistically? What type of a matchup do you think they'd give you? You know, I think I think if we do look at the past as a predictor of the, of the future or, or or the present right now, you look at you look at Ben Askren. He drew Robbie Lawler right away. High profile fight, top five, top six guy. You look at Justin Gaethje coming over uh, a couple of years ago, coming over from World Series of Fighting, which no shade towards them yeah. at the time or his track record, but my my resume, some of the fights and the wins that I do have, um, and Bellator as an organization, I think is a step above where Justin Gaethje came from. And he also drew a top five guy right away in Michael Johnson. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I'm being entitled by coming in and saying I would like a top five guy right away. Um, because, as we said, the past being a predictor of, of the present circumstances, I would, I would love, like I said, before UFC 254, I said, hey, Connor and Khabib, are, are, Khabib and Gaethje are booked fighting October 24th. Connor and Poirier look like they're almost across the finish line for their next fight. That leaves Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson needs a dance partner. He had already turned the fight down against me originally, which I don't fault him for. I was the new guy, and he had his reasons for saying no. Um, so that Tony Ferguson fight. But then after Khabib's retirement speech, like we said, we still don't know what's going to happen next. You got Gaethje, who's saying he's ready to fight in six or eight weeks. That puts him available for, you know, December, January. I was ready. I, was, I said, hey, I'll fight November for the title if you all want to do a title. If you want to do the title in December, I'll fight then. I think the UFC has now pumped the brakes and said, hey, I don't think Khabib is actually going to retire, so we'll find out. But um, Tony Ferguson would be 
you know, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje would be number one, number two um, thoughts right now of guys I would want to fight. I think it's a great introductory introductory fight to, to the UFC fans of who Michael Chandler is. They're both great fights. They're both guys who fight, as you guys have seen, who watch my fights. Guys who run away, it's not it's, – it's, that's the best way to try to beat me is run away from my pressure. Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson is going to meet me in the middle of that octagon, and we're going to have a blast. So either of those guys sounds like a great fight. If Habib isn't 100% sure or if he's semi-retired, UFC has never shied away from interim uh, belts either. I mean, like, you know, that, that's what Justin did uh, when he beat Tony was for the interim belt. So there's definitely a shot at some type of a title matchup um, not knowing what Habib is going to do. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a possibility too. And, and, that's, and that's the UFC too to make their decision. Let's be honest, guys. I'm, I'm in the, I share the same weight class as the biggest name in combat sports, the most polarizing figure we may ever see. And his name is Conor McGregor. And so if Conor McGregor is in the weight class, there needs to be an interim belt. Chances are he could be fighting for it, and I don't fault the UFC for that. So I realize I'm yeah. a new guy, the lowest guy on the pecking, pecking order. I just want to come in and earn it, you know? Well, I mean, shit, you more than deserve a top five opponent, man. How many UFC champions have you beat? You beat Eddie Alvarez. You beat uh, ben. ben Henderson, right? Yeah. Two or more. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, fuck, how many? Two's enough. And one's enough. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? These yeah. guys are studs. It's not like you, yeah. you got him in their later years. I mean, shit. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I'm so happy you're here because it'll be a shame for you to go your career and not get in the... Um, acknowledgement because people know you you are you're already known from uh that last organization i'm on your bellator i, I don't say that i don't get it my company just the sim <laughs> but, no, but people already know you from there and not a lot of guys are really known from there as much and as the ufc so i'm so happy that you're here and when i'm just thinking of the top five guys i can't see you in a boring fight i never seen you in a boring fight so yeah. now that you're in the this over here i i the top five, every every match is insane. Tony Ferguson, J Justin Gaethje, shit, anybody. Pretty, pretty, yeah, it's pretty exciting, and I think that's what it is too, Matt. I mean, obviously, you know, you and I have spoken. Like, you know, you know, I'm in this sport, and and, and there's a business component, but there's also the competitor comp uh, a uh, component, and and yeah, I've won mul I've mul won multiple world titles outside the UFC, but was I going to be content the rest of my life, never knowing? Never, never stepping into that UFC octagon. And I wavered on it. I'll be completely honest with you because I got my wife and my son who are the highlight of my life, the most important thing in my life. And they were the reason that I fight, taking care of them. But there's the competitor in me that says, yeah, but are you going to be okay? You know, I always just thought, like, and, I, and I, I use it as a metaphor. I thought my, my pillow was going to turn into a cinder block and I was laying on every single night trying to get a good night's sleep, knowing that I never tested myself against the UFC guys in that UFC octagon. And, and as I said, it's not just enough to become a UFC fighter. I said that on the broadcast. I didn't just come here to put the UFC gloves on and wear the UFC fight kit and fight kit and be a part of the, the cool kid crowd, right? I want to step into that octagon. I want to, and I want to put, it, put on a great show. I want to prove to the fans who I am. And man, I think it, it's the right time. It's a perfect time. I feel better now than I ever have been coming off probably the best performance of my life back in August. Um, Get the opportunity at UFC 254, just showing up. I mean, yeah, I made weight and people were making fun of me for showing up and making weight, leaving. And I'm just a fitness model because people, you know, they're, we were posting videos, pictures of me taking photos on the beach, but had to create some more content with the UFC. But so I took some guff for it, but I was the guy who showed up, stepped up. I said three S's. Dana said, hey, would you fight October 24th? I said, yes. They said, okay, what about Fourier Ferguson? I said, yes. Neither of those, neither of those guys turned it, both turned it down. And then they said, hey, would you be the backup? And I said, yes. So 
by no means am I a yes man. I'm going to stand up for myself, but I also realize I need to come in and say yes right away when other people will say no, because life is all about taking opportunities. And I took this opportunity and now we're, you know, I believe it's going to pay off and I'm going to be UFC champion in the next eight to 10 months. How did exactly it happen? Was your other contract just up or was it one of those things where you had kind of been like, uh, if they don't do the right thing, I'm going to go to the UFC or is your intent like, you know what? I really think I want to go to the UFC. Was it, was it something that they, they, they didn't blow it? UFC is just where you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And I, and I have no problem saying this. I have, I had a phenomenal run with Bellator and, and fighting outside the UFC and, and then made some great relationships and had some great fights, a lot of ups, a couple downs, but, I always wanted to be in the UFC. There's no secret. You, you can't. I will say, I will say there was times when people were like, hey, man, are you ever going to make it to the UFC? You know, is, is your goal <laughs> to make it to the UFC? And of course, there's those moments where I'm like, well, I'm making some really good decisions outside of fighting in the UFC. It's a business. You've got to provide for the family. You've got to take the right opportunity at the right time. So, but let's be honest, it is making it to the UFC. That, that's the goal for a lot of people to make it to the UFC. It's the ultimate proving ground and mixed martial arts. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that was apparent when I was on Fight Island realizing the well-oiled machine that the UFC is, yeah. the high-performing individuals that the UFC has on staff. I'm like, this blows everything else out of the water. It's the big league for sure. But we had a, we had a two-week uh, negotiation period right after my contract ended. But I think a couple months before that, I had already made my decision that the door was going to be closed not necessarily closed on Bellator, but at least closed to re-signing a new deal with Bellator and at least going to test free agency. I needed to at least yeah. for myself, for myself to be like, hey, let me at least take an offer from the UFC. Let me sit across the table from Dana White and and see what what we come up with. And I'll tell you guys, I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised when it came to me feeling at home. As soon as I sat down with Hunter Campbell and I had that phone call with with Dana, I felt like I made the right decision. I'm home. I'm right where I need to be at the exact right time. So as soon as that exclusive exclusive negotiation period was up, I was in Vegas a couple of days later, um, meeting phone calls. And then a couple of days after that, I knew 100% for sure that I was going to be signed with the UFC. A couple of days after that, Dana White um, announces it on Sports Center, and the rest is history. Were they mad at you? The old guys you worked with, were they like, did, did you get any calls going, dude, we were like family or, it, you know, no. No, I, I will say no, he didn't. And, and I, you know, and I, and I wanted, I made a phone call because I'm a, I'm a guy like it, it doesn't matter, man. I'm going to come up, I'm going to come to the UFC, I'm going to win the world title. I'm going to be doing all kinds of awesome stuff with my new family and my new bosses, my new colleagues, my new coworkers, and I'm going to create great relationships in the UFC. But I always had a great relationship with Bellator, with, with Scott Coker and Rich Chu and Mike Kogan and these guys, the guy, the brass at Bellator. And, and that's what you want to do. You want to be a good employee. Things always work out well for the person who is, who is a good employee. So I made some phone calls and I, I told them, I made it, made it, a, I made them aware of what I wanted to do, what my heart said, my heart said, I want to take this to the office. And I and it's not because of lack of anything with Bellator. It's just that I want to fight for the UFC. I want to fight in that UFC yeah. octagon. I want to fight these guys and I want to put, put my, myself in a position to sink or swim. And I wanted that. And they were, you know, obviously they were, they were very, of course they wanted to keep me, but also there's a business side of a business component of it. Could they afford to keep me? Um, so it was, uh, it worked out really well. And here we are, man. I'm, I'm excited about what move forward, what we're doing moving forward. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get the UFC is really good and, and better than probably any sports organization I've ever seen at getting fans fights that fans want to see, like they really do make it happen. Like, uh, you know, 
Sometimes it takes a little finagling, but no, normally they don't make the mistake that boxing has historically made for, you know, for the last 50 years. So hopefully you have something before the, uh, the end of the year. Um, cause I know where everyone's looking forward. I was, I mean, I didn't want to see Habib or Justin drop out, but I, I wanted to see you possibly get a fight before November. That didn't happen. So hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. And that was, and it was, it's, it's been a, you know, cause originally I will say like, I, I wanted a little bit of time after this October 24th card, because I've essentially made weight three times in the last 10 months. Um, when I've been in training camp since March, you know, March, the pandemic hit, I went down to, um, Florida in April, essentially, because I thought I was going to fight in June, and then June got pushed back to July, and then it got pushed back to August. I was down in, down in training camp for 13 weeks down in Florida. Then I came home. I went on a one-week vacation with kind of the family and whatnot, and then I, before I knew it, a week later, I'm in Vegas about to sign a UFC deal. Two days after that, I throw everything on my vehicle, drive back down to Florida for this October 24th date. So I've been in training camp, you know, 80% of 2020. Um, body needed a little bit of rest. Um, just to be home, eat a little bit of food, have an adult beverage, spend some time with my wife, you know, like build my body back up, hit the weights, um, get a little bit bigger because I've been shrinking as I've just constantly been training and been in training camp, right? So body feels great after now a week of, of being off a little bit. And then uh, we'll keep getting after it. And maybe, I mean, I, I told Dana that night, October 24th, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, if you want to get this new belt around someone's waist, in November, I'm in. The December, I'm in. But you know, there's also it looks like Connor and Poirier are fighting in January, allegedly. Who knows? That one's not done yet. But so that's a possibility. So I don't only because I see you training like a maniac. The best recovery, Epsom ball, Epsom salt baths, or do you do like the, the the ice tubs? Do you go in the Cairo? What do you call those things? Cryo, uh, cryo, cryo. cryotherapy. Don't make fun of me, Jimmy. Not okay. I, I wouldn't have remembered What's if you didn't again. That. Cryotherapy. Yeah. Cryo. Yeah. That's what you do? What do no, you do? No, I, I, actually, I actually don't do it much. Um, but, no, I mean, really just for re- recovery, from a recovery standpoint, I just make sure I get – I do my self-mobility uh, tools, rollers. Um, so I use, I use a roller, a hard roller. I use my right, which is that, that um, tool they use for your psoas. You use it for your low back, your, your glutes, your hamstrings, like everything. I hit my whole body with a right, a roller. Um, and I make sure I get body work every single day. I have my, I have a great body work guy here in Nashville who works on me once a week for sh- always for sure. A guy down in Florida where I'm, where I'm in, when I'm in training camp there at least once a week, maybe twice a week, just to make sure we're moving the, they're moving the mild fascia. We're moving, you know, breaking up all the scar tissue, breaking up all the little knots and, and then little nooks and crannies. Um, and then I'm huge on branch chain amino acids uh, and a lean protein and anti-inflammatory and antioxidants. And that usually makes me feel like that's what keeps me feeling like I'm 20 years old. What's anti Wait, You say that the last part, anti-inflammatory, and, what, what, and you take pills for that? Yeah, anti-inflammatory, antioxidants. So like your, your ginger, turmeric, resveratrol, uh, fish oils, um, essentially just cr- crushing all the free radicals and, and inflammation. Your, your, biggest, your biggest detriment and the biggest enemy in everyone's body is inflammation, whether it's inflammation from overwork inflammation from the foods we eat, inflammation, yeah, gluten, inflammation from the things we're ingesting, the environmental toxins, all that kind of stuff. I'm not like in the weeds about it crazy like some people are, but like I do realize like the world that we live in, we are, we are ingesting things that we, that our bodies were not, we're not meant to metabolize. So getting as much out of that and flushed out of your system as possible. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a bad right. Like, and again, I don't fight or anything. I just, I, I'm just a fucking idiot. And I stepped in a hole and hurt my leg. And uh, my, my, I had a, a numbness in my right leg for years on and off. It was some kind of a nerve. I saw a massage therapist like two months ago. And uh, he dug into like where my hip, he changed my life. Like I have to, I still have to keep doing it, but somebody who massages you like and hits the, the pressure point, right? That's like really messing you up. It's like my life for the last two or three weeks. I'm like, I can't believe I can walk on this and not feel it. That's yeah. And, and that's a crazy, I mean, and probably the same thing with you, Matt, all those years of just getting cranked up, crushed up and you're kind of walk around all cockeyed, swirled up. It's like crazy, man. My knees are shot. Bro, they suck. I got that bad arthritis in my knees. I walk like a lemon. My kids are calling me a zombie. They hear me walking downstairs. My little girl's going, zombie. Really? A former champion. Call me a zombie? I tell you, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's the thing, too, I will say, not to go like crazy down the, you know, massage therapy slash yeah. massage therapy, you know, route, but like realizing that you have. It's on you. The accountability is on you to unlock your body and continue to turn back the hands of time as much as you possibly can. If you've got a little knot, you've got to get rid of it. Because before you know it, that knot seizes up your shoulder, and then your shoulder yeah. starts seizing up your neck, and you start walking around weird, and then it takes six months to, for someone to dig it out. You know, um, But that has always worked out extremely well for me. As long as I'm – I feel better in the trenches of training camp. Most people say, oh, man, I'm six weeks into my training camp. I'm a couple weeks away from my fight. My body hurts so bad. My body feels the best when I'm six weeks into training camp because I know I've been diligent. I wake up every morning, I hit my so right. Then I hit my, my roller and my so right right before practice, number one. Practice, mobilize my body, sweat like crazy, move around. And then between practices, I rest. Before my second workout, I hit my roller and my so right again. Then I hit my so right again, more of a cool down, almost meditation, visualization, 10, 20 minutes before I, I go to bed at night. And that's just kind of my, my mobility routine where there's something pushing, prodding and grinding in these different areas of my body, just like you were saying with your hips to make yourself just feel great. You know, you said so right. I know the yeah. role. What is the so right again? It's so a, the so, oh, you know what it is, Jim? What's it called? I'm sorry. So right. So it starts with a P, oh. P-S-O dash right. So essentially this is the thing. And let's, let's be honest, like what, 90% of people that you come into contact with say they have low back pain. Um, it's similar to you, Matt, like being hunched over and bent over in a jujitsu stance. And, or for me, it was a wrestling stance. I was a right leg lead. So that means my hips were cocked this way. My right leg was in front. My left leg was in back. The psoas muscle is a, is a muscle that connects to the middle of your back and goes down to your pelvis. And it, and it basically controls your hips. It, it's like your hip flexor muscle, but it's a big, thick uh, band muscle if you Google it. And I, I had a messed up right psoas muscle. It, so it was twisting my hips. My butt was sticking out. My chest was puffed up. So I kind of had walked like that wrestler. And I realized, I realized you get on this, this, uh, you get on this, this thing that kind of has these two peaks in it, and it goes right into your stomach, punches through and gets your psoas muscle. And it helps you just lengthen everything. And you were able to stand up. Um, I actually just posted a video of it on my Instagram today. So go like check it out today. But it's like, for me, it, it's worked out. It, it's worked done wonders. I found it when it was in a prototype phase. It was a really, really crappy 3D printed hard plastic wow. one. And since then, the company has like spent a million dollars in research and development. Just check it, check it out. I'll actually, I'll send you guys some. I'll get your information and I'll get, get some sent out to you. I'm telling you right now, you're going to love it. It's going to be painful, but with the pain, you're going to be unlocking the body. It's great. I'm unlocking that. I'm doing yeah, it. You're going to lock it, baby. 
You, you'll, be, you'll be walking a little bit less like a zombie, so your daughter will... Awesome. Oh. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Sick of getting heckled. And if you have yeah. any... Uh, you have any ins for Cialis? Uh, let me know. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I don't. But uh, maybe John, John Jones does. I think, I think John Jones. You got a lot of reach out to John Jones. Oh, I know. I've talked to John about it. Yeah. It's great. But we scared a pill. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Michael. Well, listen, man. It's, uh, really, we're happy you're in the UFC. And, uh, you know, everybody likes you. And uh, we, uh, hopefully you fight uh, as soon as possible because, obviously, you're a very likable guy and, and uh such a ferocious fighter I, so i hope we see you really soon man besides that even even commentary man you're so well yeah. spoken you know your stuff good mike I mean, thank you well, I, uh yeah i mean i I'd, I'd like to do that as well i mean i just man I, i've been blessed you know with, with a really really great opportunity man and i'm just excited to take it all head on i mean this is a, an honor man I, I watch you guys and listen to you guys podcast hilarious fun so i'm it's an honor to be a part of this and uh yeah, man, I can't wait to step into that octagon and put on a show for, for the people who the people who have been following me since day one when I was a nobody. And then, you know, now even the new people who, you know, have uh, who think I'm unproven, which is completely fine. I'm excited to come in and earn it. You know, I've always been a guy who just wants to come in and earn it. So I appreciate you guys for having me. We'll definitely talk to you again, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully have a fight lined up soon, Michael. Take care. It's good talking to you. Really good talking to you. Yes, Thanks, sir. Michael. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. Hey man, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy to have you. Listen, he's such yeah, a I like him a lot. He's a likable guy. Yeah, family dude, and he's uh he's, he's a killer. He's a killer. Hard, hard worker. Yeah, hard worker trains his ass off. Dangerous as they come. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have him. Yeah, the UFC. Me you too, know? man. Me too. And I'll tell you right now, man. He could scramble. Like yeah. Mofo. Um, I'm so happy. Using mofo a lot today. What's that about? That's all right. You're a nice guy. You're trying not to curse. It's a family-friendly podcast. Jimmy, I had my funny. ear clogged up like a mofo. I had to go to the ENT this morning. Well, oh. ended up, and she put a needle in my. It looked like a needle. She looked in there. And she's like, "Oh, you got all." Because I've been getting like I was over in Abu Dhabi, and, and she looked in your ear. What did she, did she see? Did she see the poster on the wall on the other side? <laughs> I mean, you're mean. You call me a big dummy. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. No, she didn't see through you. She listened. She <laughs> threw a bunch of book in there and wax. Oh. She stuck this thing in there and sucked it out like a vacuum. Is it a cone? Or, or they do oh, that? It that... Looked, looked like a, like a needle, but it wasn't. It was like the, a little bit bigger than a needle. She said, like, you, so you have to be very careful with this. Yeah. Because uh, it could rupture the eardrum. So I'm yeah. like, just sitting there. And she's like, if you could see the difference, like she took a lot of shit out. I didn't, no, I didn't see anything. It just, oh. I guess it just sucks it out. And it's so little. It's a little thing that you didn't see get filled up or anything. I don't know where the fuck it went. Right. But uh, it goes in there through somewhere. I don't know. But it was, she stuck that thing in and it felt like a, she was vacuum cleaning out my, my ear. Tickles, right? Jimmy, now I could, I, I literally could hear again. I yeah. couldn't hear. I couldn't hear out of my right ear. All right, everybody. I'm sure you wanted to know about that. No, it was fine. Hey, look, I mean, all that stuff, like listening to Michael talk about, muscles and and like the roller oh, yeah. like all that stuff helps people man right. you, you know like getting yourself a little fixed up as you hit fucking over 40 get your shit fixed up it's good all right thank you kevin holland and michael chandler great show uh, both great guests and uh we'll talk in a couple days jimmy i can't wait to talk to you thank you everybody all right bye, bye jimmy see you pal For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. 
It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.